Oh, hey, tigers. Do you have any stories of UFOs or encounters with aliens? If you do, we want to hear them. Email us your story or send us a voice note to teachmetigerpodcast at gmail.com by August 15th, 2019, so that we can share your story on an upcoming UFO episode. Thanks, tigers. Now enjoy the show. Welcome, Welcome to, to Teach Me. <laughs> you owe me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Teach Me Tiger. Welcome to Teach Me Tiger. This is Liz. This is Melody. Wait, no, that's Liz. That's Melody. Ha! <laughs> Fooled you. And that's Alicia. Hi. Hi, Alicia. Hi. We have Alicia Pelch. Pelch. Alicia Pelch. Yeah. Is that German? It is. It is. Yeah. Sprichst <laughs> du Deutsch? Nein. Nein. <laughs> Alicia's our guest today, but we're also going to introduce the podcast Oh, yeah. My bad. This is our podcast. Teach Me Tiger. Teach Me Tiger. Where we bring in our smartest, most experty pals, and they teach us about new things. And sometimes they're not experts. They're just enthusiasts because they've wanted us to clarify that. But Alicia's PhD. Alicia has a PhD in neuroscience, so we're going to talk about brains. <laughs> brains. Brains. Brains! brains like zombies because zombies eat brains but as you know from the walking dead they actually eat all parts of the body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. brains are not that nutritious really they're fatty they're very fatty i mean that sounds nutritious quick question okay according to the walking dead you have <laughs> to remove their head right or like you have to like get them right them through or, the brain yeah. to kill them so if a zombie eats a brain how does it make another zombie it's I, a real chicken and egg sort of situation. <laughs> I feel I don't feel qualified to answer this question because but you I, know I about have, brains. I know about brains, but I have never seen The Walking Dead. Not oh. even one episode. I mean, if you've seen any sort of zombie show or movie yeah. ever, you've literally seen them all. Yeah, I know, but I don't understand what what it has to do with the brain to make another zombie. Oh, in don't they, they have to like, bite people, yeah. and then when they bite them, they're infected with a virus. But to kill a zombie, you have to get them in the head. You have to stab them with a knife, or right. you have to shoot their head off, or you have to decapitate them. You have to get them in the brain. Yeah, but they don't become... The, the dead zombie doesn't become another zombie. No. No. So but I'm just know. wondering, if zombies eat brains, then how would they make more zombies? Because they <laughs> would just be I think, killing the I people that they're making into zombies. Question. I think that you're. I think that you're thinking that zombies are like all life, and they just want to make more of themselves. But I don't think that's the case. Oh. Sometimes they're just hungry. Sometimes they just want to. I think they just want to destroy. Okay. Sometimes yeah. they just want to watch the world burn. You know. Yeah. yeah. Or they might like not feel like brain that day and just feel like liver. Right. And so <laughs> they don't eat all the brains. Okay. Just some. Okay. <laughs> just all you right. know, like a like a steak. You don't eat one every day. Well, I know you haven't seen The Walking Dead, but according to that, they really like entrails. Ugh. Oh, good yeah. to know. Good to know. They, I mean, or they like to see them spread out. Probably up. way more nutritious. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> now I know. Yes. Do you you like movies, right? I fucking love movies. <laughs> I have not watched a lot of movies, but my stepbrother played a zombie extra in one of the Romero. 
Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, whatever. The it was de- probably Dawn of the Dead. because that I think, or whatever. It was probably Dawn of the Dead because that was in Canada, the well, remake. and it was filmed in Port Dover, which is where my, my stepmom and my stepbrother and my oh dad my God, and my it was totally lived Dawn at the, the time. It was totally Dawn of so the Dead. Was, and he was into Sarah Polly and, and Ving Rhames. And he was a zombie, and there's a scene uh, where he gets blown up. Is he get... I know exactly the scene. Really? I'm like, pretty sure I do. He's got kind of long hair. He's a teenager. Teenager zombie. I think so. Yeah, he gets blown up. I'm going to watch it again. <gasps> brother, is that how that works? Yeah, my dad's wife's kid. Yeah. Yep, so amazing. I'll, I'll have to send you the clip. There's somewhere on YouTube, there's a clip of like all of the deaths in that movie. Oh, like a super cut. Yeah. Uh, I dated a really terrible man who was also had a small scene as a zombie in that movie. That's not what I thought you were going to say. He had a small something. <laughs> I mean, also that. <laughs> A small dick? He had a small small dick. Uh, Who? He was a dick. Okay, let's get on with it. Okay, Liz, can you tell us who Alicia is? Alicia is my friend. I met her through my friends, Caitlin and Dave, who haven't been on this podcast, but hopefully they will be. They're my nearby neighbors. Please come on the podcast, Caitlin and Dave. Yeah, they could talk about energy things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Alicia and I met probably in a similar way to how jared and i met in that there's a small group of left wing downtown dwelling hippies in kingston and we all seem mm-hmm. to meet each other mm-hmm. at different things that's probably yeah, how we met Yeah, i would say that's that's pretty accurate i, I don't know if it's a small is it a small group i feel like there's a lot of us <laughs> yeah you're probably not right because there's a bunch of them i don't know but it's like the same people are always at the same things yeah you yeah, know the same sort of parties and events and mm-hmm. the, yeah. all the cool stuff obviously yeah all the cool stuff. Like, we don't go to, like, conservative rallies. <laughs> Political rallies. <laughs> be weird if you did. <laughs> you know, Would like, be. gun rights. <laughs> Canadian gun rights. Sorry, I just burped. Yeah. <clears throat> Should we talk about our week peaks? Because on that note, I have something to say. Let's talk about week peaks. So, Alicia, week peaks are when we talk about something that's, like, exciting this week. Melody already knows what she's going to say. Okay. We briefly talked about what yours will be. Yes. And that will give me time to think of what mine is. <laughs> You'll go first, Mel. Well, after we recorded with Jared, who you just mentioned, he was on the last podcast about comedy. Hey, Jared. Hey, Jared. Hi, I don't know if you're going to listen, Jared. He probably won't. He probably won't. He sent me a message and was like, hey, I'm just listening and I'm really impressed with your editing. And I was like, hey, thanks. And he's like, but, you know, I could really do without the sound effects. And I was like, oh. Wah, wah. He didn't like Melody's sound effects. It's, cause, <laughs> it's because he farts a lot. So you didn't need to put in fart sound effects. You could just use Jared's. Oh, my God. Because, okay, yeah. so specifically. He, just, he does fart a lot. He does, yeah. He's got no shame. Uh, he wouldn't. Uh, you don't, I, don't, I don't think we could have to take that out. He'd be like, no, I do true. fart that's a true. lot. He does, yeah. <laughs> but it was the fart sound effects specifically that he didn't like. See? Told you. He <laughs> thought I was trying to show him up or something. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, uh, what's your problem? I can do that just fine. Yeah, but he so, didn't. He no. didn't fart. Alicia, yes. how do you feel about farts? Like, do you think they're funny or kind of gross? Do you, are you into fart jokes, potty humor? You know what? It's This is actually, for me, it very much depends on who I'm with. Like, I am one of those people that I've never heard my dad fart. I've never farted in front of my boyfriend, Neil. Uh, You've been with him for like two years. Two years. I know. But I but my son has heard me fart eight million times. Right. And we make fart jokes all the time. And I get my Your best, son is seven. My son is seven. And I get my best photos of my son by saying things like, I'm going to come over there and fart on your face. And he laughs his head off. <laughs> and I guess, and he's like so photogenic. It's all fart. But otherwise, I've, I grew up in like kind of a more conservative place, a no, I guess. A no fart family? You know, like my, yeah, like, my, you know, nobody needed to know when you had your period and stuff like that. Oh, I grew up in a family like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It took me a while. Now all I do is fart in front of JM and vice versa. Yeah. But it took me a long time 
Oh, yeah. It was, like, shameful to have your period. My mother never told me to be ashamed of it. No. But just, like, we just never talked about yeah, it. Yeah, no. It was, right. wasn't yeah. talked about. My mother was a midwife Actually, my, my, babies. <laughs> it, it was, my mom was fine with it. It was my, my dad's very, you know, like, I've never seen my dad fart or burp or seen him naked or anything. He's very German. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> German. Yes. But, yeah. like, old German. <laughs> yeah. Older German, not, you know, newer. Not new, fun-loving Germans. <laughs> As they can be. <laughs> they as, can be. As they are known to be. I mean, I'm half German. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like, of course, when we think of the people of Germany, we think of people who just want to have a good time. And fart like well, crazy. In, in, Octo- <laughs> in October, they do. Right. And I mean, actually, if I think about it, when I think about modern day Germany, I think of like techno music. Do you like techno parties? <laughs> and like <laughs> beer and fun times I and think stuff. of more like heavy like ramstein like heavy metal oh, yeah i mean yeah. Well, that's yeah. still a, that too. that's still a party well yeah huh. just a different kind of party <laughs> so regarding farts i'll just put it out is there is this your weak peak about it, farts well you know i kind of forgot i have we're recording two episodes in two days so i have to come up with two weak peaks and oh. my other one's really good but i have to save it for tomorrow or liz won't be surprised but i just wanted to put it out there to listeners that if they're offended by fart noises they should let me know i'm kind of polling the audience right now because i think farts are hilarious melody wants to know what you think about the sound i want to know what you think about farts and if you do give your input you should put your age as well <laughs> yes when you comment <laughs> put because your age. you might get results that are like yeah farts and then find out later you pulled all seven-year-olds i would also like <laughs> seven-year-olds um, who are on itunes listening to this <laughs> podcast seven-year-olds are tech savvy more than they should be i think that's true probably oh, that is true and I would appreciate it if you sent me an email, if you could accompany it with an audio recording of one of your very own farts to add to my sound library. <laughs> Jared, it's a call out for you, man. Jared. Call out to Jared. Give me your farts, boy. <laughs> Alicia, what was your week week? Um, last weekend was Skeleton Park Arts Festival, so I spent most of the weekend there, off and on. What was that at Skeleton Park? Well, it used to be called Skeleton Park Music Festival, so I have a hard time now saying Skeleton, Skeleton Park, Park Arts Festival, even yeah, though it's been too. several years. Yeah, me but too. But I went many years before that. Spaff. So yeah, I, w- I took my son there off and on, you know, for most of the weekend, kind of. Nice. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, it's... It's a- free. You sit in the park. Yeah. There's music. Basha Bulat was there. Cool. Um, yes. Sloan was there one she year. Was the closing, she was the closing act. Last year, they had um, the Rio Statics. Yeah, they've had some pretty big names. Yeah. Yeah. They had Fred Penner. Fred Penner last year. I've seen year. Fred Penner. That's a big name. I That's mean, a big name. Yeah. He likes a big sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> he has a sandwiches song. Oh. I, I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, Alicia was like, what kind of sexual innuendo is I that? I really, I actually thought it was something sexual, but I couldn't. I think maybe I was sort it of going for that, but I don't know. It wasn't, didn't translate, I guess. No. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, should I talk about my week peak? What's your week peak? Okay, so that was great. JM and I got new internet. Oh. But the cool thing about it, well, it was a week peak for me because my life is quiet and boring. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Comfortable. It's adulty. Routine. <laughs> so Bell, which is the phone supplier in Canada, uh, was trying to get people to come back to the internet i just assume we have millions of listeners Alicia. i was gonna say do you have a lot of u.s listeners or probably not. we have some yeah mostly in canada mostly canada okay, anyway so so bell was trying to get doing door-to-door sales for internet and phone use right and so this kid came to the door uh he's like 20 so he's a kid and signed us up for internet which was great because we also have real tv now but he hadn't had any sleep all night because 
he had been raving the night before and was like coming down off of ecstasy. And it was just really fun for me to sit in our living room with him while he signed us up for this to like reminisce about partying and kind of feeling bad slash laughing about the fact that he hadn't had any sleep and had done a bunch of drugs the night before. (laughs) (laughs) And that was kind of my week peak. And what it also made me realize, and he was a really sweet guy, but like he was 20, 21, I'm 37. So there's like a 15 year age difference. What it made me realize is why old people like young people. Because I just wanted him to hang around so I could like hear the weird lingo he used and stuff, right? Like I just wanted to like stick my fingers in his ear and suck the youth out of him that's which weird. is what i that's, that's, that's why that's creepy do you know i didn't actually want to stick my fingers in his ear but do you yeah. know what i mean like like a like a wet willy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do they still do that i don't i mean if they're dicks they do yeah i hate i hated that um so yeah no, i just I like it. being around a younger person i had a similar thing when i had my nest i have one of those nest smart thermostats we have one but it's which, a smoke detector right uh anyway these two like young hip dudes from toronto came to set it up and they were like listening to rap music and it was kind of fun to have them around but then i was mortified because they needed to set this thing up to my wi-fi and i have a really embarrassing wi-fi what is it password (laughs) not password um it's balls deep (laughs) 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 they they seem really cool about it (laughs) yes i was mortified (laughs) I just had to tell um, the guy today who was setting up the new bell. He was like, so what's your old Wi-Fi? We'll just make it the same again. And I said, so is one of my cats. And he was like, what's your Wi-Fi? And I was like, it's castle. (laughs) And the password is all lowercase one word where is queen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. You just gave him a lot of information in that. two. Oh, yeah. Don't. uh, that's maybe. also Liz's banking password. Oh, I was say, maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe edit that out. <laughs> I shouldn't give my Wi-Fi password out. You know what? I could bleep out <laughs> his name. Yeah. Yes, that's a better uh, idea. Yeah. I could put a meow. Yeah. Oh, or a fart. Better or idea. A fart? Yes. Or a fart. Farts for everything. <laughs> <laughs> that Screw one you, Jerry. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> so should we move on to icebreakers? You bet. Hey, Alicia. You yeah. want to reach in my big fancy box? <laughs> it's actually kind of small. I haven't been had a proposition like that in a while. Roll up your sleeves, pull up your socks, reach on into Melody's box. Icebreakers. Gentle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alicia. What is your most useless talent? All my talents are so useful. No, I'm yeah, I'm one of those people that's like a jack of all trades, master of none, <laughs> even though I have a PhD in one small, tiny topic. It's a little bit counterintuitive, but you want to I'm like one? sort of good at a lot of things and not super good at very many things. Do you want to choose another one? Okay. A little to the left this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you read it. What's your favorite TV show? Oh, man. You got, you, these are hard questions. I don't watch a lot of TV. What's my favorite TV show? Sounds like The Walking Dead. What about Dead like to- from your childhood? My, I, no, I didn't. Um, let me think. Okay, well, I've watched some stuff like later that people say are funny. Go so for then it. I've gone. So I've gone back and watched like How I Met Your Mother. That was that was really funny. I loved How I Met Your Mother. Really, I didn't like it that much. I thought it was really I, funny. I like the dumb any, Canadian any references. Of those, yeah, like any of those like Judd Apatow kind of shows that I like. I think they're all really funny. Have you Have you watched Freaks and Geeks? Yeah, funny. It's so good. Yeah. I've actually missed the boat on that one. I've never seen it. <gasps> it's really funny. Isn't that on Netflix? Although, if you didn't like. Um, I don't know, maybe. But oh no, it's different. I you like, would like it. I like other Judd Apatow movies, yeah. like 
I find Although them all pretty they, funny. Yeah, they're silly. Yeah, freaks and geeks. Yeah, freak, it's funny. And then what's the older? What's the old one? What? Which one am I thinking about? Yeah, no, I'm having a brain fart. A brain fart. <laughs> 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 what about you, Mel? What's your favorite TV show? Well, I was just telling these ladies that right now I'm watching Pretty Little Liars, which is a which is not the same as Big Little Lies. No. It's not. much much investigation went into this, <laughs> <laughs> but like oh boy, all time favorite. Honestly, How I Met Your Mother is probably one of the only shows where I've watched all of it and gone back and watched it again. Wow, oh, I've never done that. And any, do you know why? Because I watch show. TV while I'm doing stuff, and so I uh, want something that's like just mindless enough. Yeah, you know, I gotcha. I, yeah, I mm-hmm. can't do that. That's the difference. I if I'm watching TV, my brain is sucked right in. I can't do anything else. And is so that I don't ever watch it? Is that like? Do you think because of like an ADHD yeah, thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, because even my, even my seven-year-old is like that, you know, if he's engaged in some kind of screen, I have to say like, pause <laughs> if I want to talk to him. He can't listen at the same time. And if I'm at someone's house, like at a party and there's a sports game even, and I don't even care about sports or a TV show or a movie or something like that, like I can't engage, I can't do both. Right. Yeah, it's hard for me to do both as well um, because I feel like I'm just doing both things shittily and I'm not giving myself mm-hmm. to the person who's there who I should be paying attention to. That is actually what your brain is doing. Yeah. <laughs> so. Technically. Yeah. There's like multi- no such thing as multitasking. Multitasking is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. You just do, you alternate. Yeah. So Some people better than others. I uh, I try to like put my phone away when I'm around people because I want to like yeah. be with them. I'm gesturing to my friends here, both of you. <laughs> I want to be with you. I enjoy being with you too, Liz. I'm glad we could share this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Loving eyes being made over here. We've known each other for so long. So long. Like Since we years. were. Yeah. How did you guys meet? I don't know. University. You met. We met smoking. We met. Oh, wait. No, I heard this story on the podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I listened to two of these podcasts this week. Yeah. So I could be like, what did I fucking agree to? <laughs> <laughs> Just us rambling in the dark in a hot bedroom in my house because it it's really humid outside. It is weirdly dark and weirdly hot in here. Because well, we had to close we the door. We a candle. <laughs> it's kind of romantic. But that the candle would make it hotter. Touching my heat. box. Yeah. yeah. That heat. That's true. <laughs> Should I talk about my favorite TV show? You bet. Is it TNG? It seems like you want to. <laughs> I'm going to burp. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Um, Good one. Melody said, is it TNG? And while there are other better quality shows, okay, wait. better written shows, we'll t- I'll tell you in a second. I just, I don't even know what TNG is. I'm going to tell you oh, right okay, now. Okay. Tell you. Oh, wait. No, I know now. Because I... I sh- Oh, oh, I got to I I have to be the one to tell this story. Okay. So I just figured it out. Star Trek the Next Generation, I have watched and rewatched since I was twelve years old, or younger, actually. And I have something to tell you. Alicia's son. His name is Riker. Now you might remember that that name is the last name of the Enterprise's first officer. Number one. William T. Riker. William T. Number one. Which the T, I'll tell you. So stands for Thomas. The T stands for Thomas. Alicia's ex-husband, his last name is Williams. So her son, whose name middle name is also Williams, unbeknownst to her, she named her child Riker T. Williams. So her kid's name is Riker T. Williams. And what's great about it is that because Alicia, you had him during your PhD or just after? Um just after yeah so no, but you were still working first. in a lab with a bunch of neuroscience yeah, well, uh, yeah i was yeah i took him in on day one yeah so she took him in 
And because she works with a bunch of nerds who all love yeah. TNG, they were like, what? Riker T. Williams. Yeah. They were they all excited. Alicia, huge but the best part about it is that Alicia didn't know. I didn't know. She I didn't knew that I knew the Riker part yeah. because my ex and I fought for like nine months about what to name this kid to the point where he would be like, you can name him asshole for all I care. And I'd be like, I'm going to name him William then. William Williams, right? Like, I was always arguing about it. <laughs> it's a good thing you guys are together anymore. I know. It went well. Um, so always arguing about it. So, so, and I mean, I knew he watched Star Trek, like the next generation specifically. And I, so I'd seen it, you know, in the house playing, but I didn't see the odd episode. And I mean, my dad watched it when I was a kid and stuff. So I didn't, I didn't know it that well. But when I came across the name Riker in like a baby book or whatever, I remember thinking, oh, maybe he'll like this name because it's in a show he likes. And so I came up with it and he said, yeah, I love it. And I thought, perfect. And we'd already had the middle name picked out because my dad's name is Thomas. Thomas. Right. And the last name, you know, is, was my husband at the time's last name. And so I didn't know the rest until about, I don't know, two or three days before having this baby. But we'd already been calling him this. I'm very attached to the name now. Yeah. Scott, my ex-husband, puts on an episode, a Riker heavy episode, because he's like excited now. But the name, right? <laughs> Riker heavy. <laughs> this, this is like, this is going to cream her pants. Um, <laughs> oh, <I'm> too late. <laughs> <laughs> Just got warmer in here. Um <laughs> No, he so he put on a Riker heavy episode, like one where he like puts his leg up on the chair. He does that in every every episode, or like swings it over the edge. Oh, he's amazing. Anyway, he and and in this episode, the character, the actor, literally stands up and goes, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm like putting my hand on my hip." Yeah, I'm Will T. Riker, (laughs) and he like says it very like authoritatively, and I'm looking at Scott like, "Wait a minute, what the fuck?" And he's looking at me like, "I thought you knew," and I'm like well, what's the T stand for? And he's like, I don't know. And so I Google it. Thomas. Or ask Jeeves it or whatever was around back then. <laughs> and it stands for Thomas. And I was so mortified. But at the same time, I already love this name and this baby's about to be born in like 10 seconds. <laughs> so it is what it is. And I thought, you know what? This show's been off the air for like nine years. Nobody's going to remember yeah. this. Like nobody. And then and we, I, um, people are obsessed. I still, I've watched an episode of TNG like four hours ago. Oh my God. And like, I mean, it's funny because yeah, I had a home birth. So there was, I wasn't in the hospital. Did so you like, play TNG on Netflix that, in the no. background? I don't know if we had. Oh, we did have Netflix. So I, I watched it while I was nursing. Because it's, it's on so Netflix. really like immersive oh, sort of experience. No. <laughs> no, but it was. I wasn't at the hospital. So the next day after having him, I thought, I'm going to bring him to my lab because it's lab family, right? Like, it's a little bit different than oh, a regular workplace. Oh, you took a little one day old baby to a your lab? Baby. In that's hindsight, cute. like, I should have been sleeping. But no, that's nice. I took him in there and everybody like oh are you a big trekkie and i thought oh my god like, oh yeah I especially no the nerds in neuroscience they're gonna be like i know and i thought oh yeah i work with a bunch of nerds and um and i mean to this day people still oh is that from star trek and i i don't even know how to answer because i'm like well it isn't you could just you know what you could do i tell the whole story every time record you could just take this i should and then you could be like just listen to this and you'll understand you'll hear the whole what's funny is that i'm not a nerd in the classical sense of the word nerd in that i'm not a science or math person like i'm not a stem yeah. person i mean i don't know if that is the classical use of the word nerd i mean i it's funny because my son seven called me a nerd today and i'm like do you actually know what that means and he's like yeah and i'm like it means smart person he's like i know i'm like is that why you're calling me that because you think i'm really smart but like <laughs> i think it it meant like dorky kind of right don't you think i, don't I guess know. so or like people who like couldn't get a date or something yeah but why would a, they need a date when they're hanging out with dreamy Patrick Stewart all the I time? I don't know. I used to have a t-shirt that had a little heart and it said talk nerdy to me. And it was like my favorite t-shirt. 
Melody just gave me the weirdest <laughs> look when I talked about Patrick Because I was thinking, to be honest, I was thinking, no, the nerds aren't hanging out with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> He's like really famous. I know. <laughs> I meant virtually as, you know. Right. The nerds are hanging out with that the- Wesley kid. Oh. Yeah, they are. Oh, my God. Um, Will Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton is. is the king of the nerds. Will Wheaton, yeah. not Wesley. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but he's Wesley in the show, right? Oh, is he he's Wesley in the show, yes. and he is king of he the nerds. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I went on a date with the king of the nerds, not Will Wheaton, but a... <laughs> with Will Wheaton. <laughs> no, not Will Wheaton, but with a guy when I was still online dating who literally referred to himself as king of the nerds, oh. and he was the. Nerdy... I love that you clicked his profile. Like, yeah, no, he didn't call himself that in his oh. profile. He called himself that when we were out on a date, oh. and like, I'm a pretty. I can typically handle my beer. Um, and six or seven years ago when I was still online dating, I was like basically an alcoholic. I could just drink mm-hmm. all the time. And so I went on this date with him. All of my online dates were drinking. Yeah. Which in retrospect is dangerous and bad. But um, nothing bad ever happened. Fun though. <laughs> Alicia. I remember Fun when you were on, I remember when you were online dating. Oh God, it was my mm-hmm. worst nightmare. And this guy like tried to keep up with me. Oh. But he was king of the nerds and had a very like non-drinking lifestyle right and by the time we left i was like okay see you later he was like lit and like couldn't handle it (laughs) you put the poor guy in a cab and i was like see you later (laughs) never saw him again icebreakers do you guys want to talk about neuroscience yeah let's talk about brains let's talk about brains baby let's talk about about brains brains. (laughs) go for it melody why did you get into neuroscience? Well, in high school, I went to all of the, you know, when the university reps come and do the like liaison or whatever thing presentation, I went to all of them to get out of class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I actually was really heading toward like accounting, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then there were... Okay, knowing you as an adult now, that is fascinating. <laughs> uh, you know what the irony is, is that I decided i don't want to sit at a computer and crunch numbers all day that's why i didn't do it and that's what and you i do. literally sit at a computer and crunch numbers all day that's <laughs> totally what i do and i mean i've grown to like it but <laughs> i left sort of accounting and then i went to one of those university liaison things and they were talking about a neuroscience program at like laurentian of all places and um it sounded really fascinating and i mean my mom at the time was sick with like early onset alzheimer's and so i wish we didn't know that at the time we didn't know what it was but I mean, it was something going on with her brain. And so mm-hmm. it sort of just gave me, I think, the opportunity to like learn more about it. I feel like most people in the field or in most in a lot of the fields have someone they know with something that right. sort of led them into that field. When you told me about your mom, because I interviewed you for my master's degree. Um, remember when I did that? No, actually, I don't at all. Hold on. I'm thinking about it. But no, I need more details. One of my like in when you're in grad school, sometimes they'll do a research methods class where they'll tell you how to collect data. And if you're a scientist, that's doing scientific studies. And if you're a social scientist, technically mine was a social science study, you interview people. So you interview them, and then you transcribe the interview, and then you code the interview, which is still kind of a... I don't even really fucking know what that means. But basically, you look through the interviews of the people that you've interviewed, and you see the like themes that pop out among them. And so okay. in the methods class, we had to like practice interviewing someone. So I interviewed Alicia, and you told me about what was happening with your mom oh. and how you guys didn't know you were that's how i found out about the the nun study that we're going to talk about later i was wondering how you knew about that and i thought we must have talked about that because i interviewed you time three years ago <laughs> you know actually 
I'm kind of known for having a bad memory, but I've had my memory tested. It's fantastic. I just nothing. It doesn't go in in the first place. Right. Just just nothing goes in. Your memory is really good, except for the fact you can't remember that I interviewed you. No, I know. I don't remember. (laughs) Like my yeah, my friend Leanne does this all the time. Like, do you remember when we went here and did this? And and she has all these details. And I'm thinking, I that does not ring a bell at all. It's not even ringing a bell. That's (laughs) I just it's too full in there. You got a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) Braids, braids. Brains! Let's talk about brain injuries. Brain injuries. And concussions and, and stuff. Concussions. Mel, do you want to ask a more well thought out question than that? Well, like what's happening with concussions specifically? Um, with with concussions. sports and stuff. With I mean, sports and stuff. Because I'm here's I'm interested in for myself personally. Mm-hmm. Why? If you know, like we're just asking yeah. these questions. I know this is not your because you did lots of memory mm-hmm. stuff. Expertise. Yeah. But and, I mean, I know brain jargon. So why are all these guys from the NFL? who get all these concussions because football is a brutal mm-hmm. sport. Why are they like beating up their wives, um, going nuts, committing suicide? Like what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they have brain damage. No, I mean, okay. I will preface this with, I actually don't know anything about those stories cause I'm really bad at following the news. All but, it is, is there's a, there seems to be yeah. a correlation between being in the NFL yeah. and getting a lot of concussions mm-hmm. and then drug abuse, bowel abuse, and then depression and suicide. Yeah. I, I think they're also, correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's a correlation between like concussions and head injury and rage. Yeah. Yeah. There seems yeah. to be like kids. I mean, it's, well, and it's, it's funny too, because in, in men anyway, like depression and, and things like mental health issues can look different than in women. So like anger is a lot of the time how depression looks in men, whereas in women, it looks more like sadness. Right. And men tend to be playing those high contact sports more than women. Or like these like kind of, Right. Men are yeah, men are getting like these concussions more. Yeah, that's what I mean. So what happens is basically brain has lots of fluid around it and cushioning and bone and stuff to protect it from injury. But, you know, if you whack it hard enough, it'll kind of jiggle get, around, get bruised or have some swelling. And um, when it's when it's a concussion, it's not bad because basically the cell body stays alive and it's just sort of peripheral damage. And if the cell body isn't damaged, then the neurons can heal. The brain cells can heal. But to heal them, you have to basically do nothing <laughs> for a while. And so... Right. You just need to, like, not practice sports. Not yeah. Not go back onto the field. And I mean, it's not just physical. It's mental, too, right? And and so... Because you think about all the stuff your brain does, right? Like... Everything. It's regulating your temperature and your heartbeat and your, your hunger breathing. and your sex drive and your <laughs> What's thirst. What's the sex drive? yeah (laughs) and you're you know what i mean so it's doing all those things and you know your sleep and everything else but then it's also like every every single thing you look at and smell and hear and see and touch it's processing all that information so to rest your brain essentially you need to just nap in a dark room like less like no screen time no no reading no yeah no reading i'm assuming that like what you're saying is that these these athletes these like professional football and hockey players yeah they aren't able to take that time off yeah i mean it's it's funny because it's i think it's heavily regulated like now they take the time off yeah but i even even though even now with it being regulated i'm sure that there's a little bit of a discrepancy between the regulation and the actual practice do you know what i mean like these people are making a lot of money and have like expensive doctors and things and so I mean, hopefully there's more awareness now that they do take the break they need um, because it can. I think they can heal just fine. Like, so how does it? How does how do the symptoms of a concussion manifest themselves into things like abuse and self harm? That's the part I don't get. Yeah, I mean, 
this is just my speculation about it, but that seems to be more like if there were multiple concussions, then now it's turning into a brain injury, like a more long-term so, so, forever injury. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Mel. So concussion, is that essentially like a bruise? Kind of. of I mean, brain, it's like a mild, mild, mild brain injury. Like I said, mild three okay. times kind of on purpose. <laughs> it's very mild. So yeah, I guess it would be considered a type of brain injury, but but mild and like not long term. I mean, you can have kind of a post concussive sort of symptoms where um, it takes a long time to heal, you know, and a, and a lot of the symptoms really vary person to person. So not everybody's gonna pass out and throw up, you know what I mean? Like, that's sort of the movie version, but you might just sort of have some disorientation or some vertigo or be confused or a bit anxious or have trouble concentrating and stuff like that. But if you go out and play on the field and get another concussion, or if you just overdo it, even if you don't get another concussion, but you just overdo it and don't allow those cells to heal. Basically, what happens in the brain is if you have brain cells or neurons that are not being used, then they just eventually they die. So like, mm. it's like use it or lose it. So they thing. so they die. And then that can cause damage to the brain that could potentially cause personality changes, which yeah. would result in the behavior I just mentioned. Yeah. And I mean, the behavior you mentioned is very specific to a part of the brain. Uh, which is in the front, the frontal lobe, which is also the part that usually gets injured in those kind of sports injuries, like, or in mild car accidents, right? You bash your, right. your head or, or you, you know, slam on the brakes and your head goes forward and hits the front of your skull. So, I mean, that's the part of your brain that makes your personality and your, your impulse control and your organization. It's the, it's the CEO for. That's frightening to think of like getting an injury to your brain and then your personality changing so that like your friends and family and loved ones you're just different towards them yeah that's, i mean unfortunately that's what most brain injuries look like people that's a different they're a different person that's pretty scary yeah yeah it sucks yeah but in terms of concussion there's a lot of opportunity if you take it easy to just return to normal right because it's not a brain injury it's like a yeah. mild 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 brain one mild, it's like mild, a bruise yeah. it's like a bruise <laughs> little yeah it's like a brain bruise <laughs> well that's really interesting melody wrote here and on that note should we ban our kids from hockey and football <laughs> what do you think about that to a, the mother of a child who's very energetic and he's likes so sports energetic yeah although he's it's not like he's gonna be listening to this so i can insult him right no um he's a we little love bit you, of a, he's a little bit of a wussy though right so like <laughs> he's, he's so energetic but i don't i can't picture him playing contact sports but you never know i mean i was a rugby player for a long time and um no i don't think we should ban it but i think that if they're if it's regulated and there are rules around concussions and sort of recognizing that and and just safe play you know what i mean a lot of those sports if they're you know tackling properly or they're learning to fall properly and they're wearing the right gear um are less prone to get concussions but i mean right some of them like right now i think it's something like you know, your your chance of getting a concussion playing a rough contact sport is like 19%. Or so. That's high. So, I mean, there needs to be... 19% is high? That's high? I feel like... That seems high. That yeah, seems that's high. Low. One if, you, if, you, if you were to walk home and have a 19% chance of getting raped, like, would you take that route? I that's feel like one that's in high. Five walks are getting raped. Okay. Okay. That's that's, that's a good point. Thank you for mathing it out there. <laughs> Maybe the, I don't know why I used to rape example is from our earlier um probably because that's one of my biggest visceral fears. Yeah. That like fear, like I just listened to an audiobook on the um Golden State Killer, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, I think it's called. And it's fucking terrifying. And the Golden State Killer was a rapist mm-hmm. who terrorized Sacramento for years and then he moved on to murder. At first, he was only a rapist. He was called the East Area Rapist in oh. Sacramento. and I that, that, that they know of. Well, they caught him. No, I meant he could have been murdering the whole time. They just might not have known that earlier. That's 
totally plausible. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, a huge visceral fear for me. So anyway, this is not. Um, you can cut this out. <laughs> Let's get scared. <laughs> so nineteen percent is high. That's okay. If you have a nineteen percent chance of something happening to you, that's like kind of high, right? And both of you have kids who might potentially play sports in the next little while. <laughs> Mine are might. very unlikely to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think Holly will play sports? <laughs> At soccer last night, she Aww. was sitting on the sidelines eating a yogurt. During the I had b- to go over because I took her brother to the bathroom and I came over and I was like, Holly, all these girls here are earning the cookie after practice. And I pushed her with my hand onto the field. I was like, go play. Oh, you mean so like she ran out so that she I'd give her a cookie after because right. I was on snacks. And she went and laid on the field. She brought her water bottle out. She laid on her back and poured the water on her face for a while. And then came over to me away from the game again and was like, huggy. Wait. Because she was all wet. Was she, this an actual game or was it a practice? I mean, she's five. They don't They don't have practices at yeah, five. They only I, have games. I was, you know what? I was just about to say, she sounds five. That's exactly because yeah. <laughs> Riker, the last two years of softball were like a nightmare. He'd be like, lying down in the field playing with the dirt or spinning around you'll you'll literally hear the coach say Riker no spinning and um whereas this year like he's pretty good like he's hitting the ball and he's Wait. catching and getting people out and stuff it's like a big difference that's seven and five hilarious why would anyone coach a five-year-old sport oh it's like the worst they're just I feel learning so bad for those coaches. how to do teamwork and yeah. stuff clearly holly's not well, it's she's tedious. laying on the field. Yeah. So there, given, water on there was head. a literal game happening and she had a part to play in it and she was just not participating. Yeah. That yeah. cracks me but the I mean, fuck like, up. <laughs> but I mean, like a five-year-old game, like they don't keep score or anything. You know what I mean? No, just, I get it. I yeah. get it. It's just oh, for yeah. fun. But that still cracks me but up. No. I'm kind of like, Holly, are you my new hero? <laughs> like, Holly's my hero. Should, she kind oh, of is. Watch. Yeah. yeah Holly's is. my hero. She's kind of badass. And Riker two years ago was my hero. Oh, it's amazing. It me up, yeah. Okay, so 90% is high. Don't let your kids do yeah. that. I mean, I, yeah. But at the same time, if Riker really wants to play hockey, I'm not going to say no. I don't, th- I mean, I'll say get your dad to do that. But, but I, right, because um, it's a lot of fucking work. And yeah, and, and money, money and early in the mornings and stuff. I just, yeah, I don't know. I think I would just be very careful about it. And if there was a concussion, I would be really You'd hesitant be like, to put them back out for a while, like yeah. zero symptoms for a while. I mean, I think part of the, the other thing that I mean, and again, this is just me speculating, but part of the other thing that might happen is whenever you have any kind of sort of disabling thing, you a lot of people get depressed. I mean, I broke right. my. You remember when I broke my leg? That's when you were babysitting. I remember. And, um, when you're like not mobile or you can't do the stuff to s- take care of yourself, it can be really, you know, it can bring you down a lot. And so, and sometimes it's hard to come out of that. The concussion might heal. Right. But that makes sense. That can lead into other sort of psychological issues. And- That's a good point. And, yeah. you st- and, you, and because you have to take so much time to rest, you have a lot of time on your hands to think. Yeah. And if you're Liz Cooper, you're going to think about bad things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time to think and a lot of time to be bummed out like that. You're not. I mean, I'm you know, when I broke my leg, it's like it takes double the amount of time to go to the bathroom and to get a snack and all the like, it's just it's a bummer. I remember that was a rough time. Oh, I forgot I that's why I was babysitting. Yes. Yeah. Couldn't get them to the bus stop. <laughs> I broke my leg at the bus stop. Braids. Braids brains so what was the like craziest thing you learned about the brain like the most kind of resilient weird like holy fuck the brain can do that thing oh the brain can do let me think 
I've, oh, I, I mean, know. the fact that neurons can like repair themselves is pretty crazy. Can you grow yeah. ne- new neurons? Can your brain regenerate after things like a stroke? Yes and no. It's not. I mean, it's not as great. <laughs> it's not as great in, at that. It's not like skin cells. Do you know what I mean? Like it really depends on the extent of the damage. So like I was saying before, if the cell body dies, you know, that cell is gone. Uh, and it, it doesn't regenerate. The best regeneration you're going to get is more making new pathways. Like, <laughs> What's the difference between a neural pathway and a neuron? So um, a neuron is like a cell. It has, you know, a nucleus and a cell body. And, it ha- and then it has an axon and some dendrites. And so basically a chemical messenger, which is a neurotransmitter, travels along uh, from the cell body down the axon, down the long tube to the little <laughs> terminal buttons. They're actually called that. And then goes into the synapse, and then other cells basically catch it. (laughs) So that's That's how how they, that's how neurons talk to each other. So the pathways are neuron to neuron communication, not just the body, the cell, the cell itself. So a a neuron is that like a cell? Yeah, it's just a brain brain? cell. Yeah. So a brain, a neuron is a brain cell, and a neural pathway uses neurotransmitters, which are chemicals. Yeah. Like things like serotonin. Yeah. To transmit signals yeah. from one to the other i mean there's electrical signals too <laughs> i wish i could remember this story now i'm pretty sure it's about mdma there's some there's some like neuroscience famous story about mdma and like discovering like parkinson's with it or something i forget what oh, the well, story is i mean they mdma was designed for therapeutic use right so they use it for like couples therapy and i know stuff. but this was like way back when like two neurologists in a bar <laughs> sounds like the beginning of a bad yeah, joke it really t- does two neurologists in a bar were like comparing notes on patients and saying i have all these like street patients that have these symptoms and the guy was saying i have all these street patients with those symptoms too and it turned out they were all doing the same drug and the drug was like annihilating their basal ganglia or something which <gasps> is what happens their basal ganglia is the thing that makes dopamine uh in the brain which is so in parkinson's they basically have no dopamine by the time they have symptoms and um so they take l-dopa which you may have heard of i want some of that (laughs) and uh but it affects your movements right so you get like the tremors and the freezing and stuff does it affect their moods like does michael j fox feel sad i don't know let's ask him Michael J. Fox doesn't feel sadness. Well, Michael no. J. Fox, if you're listening, <laughs> but he's I mean, a he, celebrity. he has right Parkinson's. And tell us if you feel sad. <laughs> does, does Muhammad Ali feel sadness because he has Parkinson's? I mean, probably, but the, I don't know if it's from the basal ganglia or if it's because they have like massive mobility issues. We should Google if ecstasy makes you fuck up your basal ganglia. Ecstasy well, this is, is why I'm trying Parkinson's. to remember. Yeah, this is why I'm trying to remember the. You know, if my PhD supervisor was listening to this, he would be like, like smacking his head right now embarrassed that i don't remember this hilarious story about these <laughs> neurologists in like san francisco or somewhere in the states of course san francisco i don't know because they have like a, a base a, a, a data they sample of people who are all doing I mean, drugs they say that like holland is where people go to study brain injuries right because of the, all the biking and oh. is that true yeah and so but like people always, san francisco is the drugs i don't know but no. people always say that in the <laughs> netherlands biking so safe and they don't need to wear helmets yeah, but I think because there's so much biking, it's still like the highest brain injury area. Mm, wow. <laughs> for, so they for, should wear helmets. They probably should, yeah. Because they don't. Everyone I know who goes no, to the Netherlands is like, oh my God, no, we don't wear no. helmets. And I mean, they have their own lanes and stuff. It's great. But they could still run into each other. Right. And fall. I've heard that the commute, the commuting, yeah. like rush hour in Amsterdam or Rotterdam or whatever, that the commuting hour in... The Netherlands? Jesus, the Netherlands in the larger cities can be quite aggressive. 
on in the bike lanes like if yeah. you're not going fast enough like hey honk honk like it like it's Ooh, even but they're all bikes yeah wow. yeah i mean i worked uh for a couple of years when i was an undergrad as a rehab counselor for a brain injury like community reentry kind of organization i would say half of the clients there that i dealt with had brain injuries from bicycle being on hit by a car on a bicycle oh fuck i know a guy who fell several stories doing construction and smashed his head and he lost like a third of his brain he dry he's back to driving his car oh wow how old was he when he <laughs> fell about 30 that's pretty good i mean some sometimes they're resilient i mean it's i can't believe yeah like, i know he it depends still on takes where yeah it depends on where the and he has problem with seizures yeah still but and headaches yeah depends where the injury is and i mean and some of it's also depends on how fast you get treatment right with something like a stroke for example it's not so much that your brain can regenerate it's that it's more like did you get to the hospital quick enough that they could manage the swelling because did you get right. to the hospital to get clot busting drugs clot busting. yeah i've seen those commercials yeah i mean it's, seconds count yeah i mean it's only for that kind of a stroke but that is the most common i think most common kind but but yeah, it's like, did you get somewhere soon enough? Because what happens if the if the brain gets injured, it's it swells like everywhere else in your body, like inflammation. Like when I fell in the bathtub earlier. Yeah, exactly. You get inflammation, um, but you have a skull in the way, so there's nowhere for that to stretch. Like your, so, then you your know. brain presses against your skull. Yeah, and so then and then that like constricts blood flow, and when there's no blood flow, there's no like nutrients and messages going anywhere. Oxygen, and then when cells aren't getting used, what do they do? They die. They die. And so then you get brain damage. And a little part of your brain dies. Yeah. Or a big part, depending on your oh, on your stroke. But if you, you know, if you get to the hospital soon enough or you get these drugs soon enough or whatever, or it's just a teeny stroke, then you um like I but have that's often why day. they do that's often why they like cut off a piece of the skull is to allow room for swelling. Right. Because then mm. it'll have le- you'll have less damage. So mm-hmm. our friend who fell, when I first met him, he had like a big honking Dent? A dent, a dent inside of his head, and he had to wear a helmet most of the time because he just had brain under skin yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, so you met him when they, they hadn't put, put it back in yet. What's that? You met him when they hadn't put it back in yet. Well, it was smashed. They yeah. put metal or something. I, don't I know what am. It was. They let him walk around yeah. with just skin and brain. Well, yeah. He had to wear a helmet. They do. Yeah. Yeah. It was I mean, wild. Like, and yeah. he's. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, he does funny little things, and then he'll be like, "Sorry, my brain doesn't work." <laughs> you know because like he'll just he'll forget like social niceties and he'll yeah. be like oh i'm sorry about that i'm just kind of fucked up sorry right because your Very brain can because yeah. your personality can really change mm-hmm. yeah i've heard of stories and i can't say any sort of references but where someone's like in a loving relationship and then they get a brain injury and then that relationship is over because that they're like not the same person really anymore that actually this actually reminds me of my favorite brain disorder can i segue myself yes segue all you want yeah. what's your favorite thing? brain disorder i have a favorite brain disorder which i mean it's very unfortunate for people that have it uh let's hear it but but i find it just like the most fascinating one so it's called capgrass syndrome have you ever heard Cap of this grass Cap syndrome grass. yeah i think capgrass fever <laughs> i think it's just named after some neurologist with the last name capgrass anyway basically when you have this syndrome they call it a syndrome because I think it's very unclear on what causes it. And it's associated with a few different diseases. But it seems to be when there's like a severed or screwed up connection between your emotional area. So like the amygdala in your brain and a part of your temporal lobe 
that deals with faces. And so what happens is you think the people that you are closest to are imposters. So, oh my God. I know it's super weird. So like husband might have this, maybe he had um, seizures or something and I'm like touching my head. Podcasts no, are hard. Okay. Podcasts are hard. Um, anyway, he might have seizures or something and maybe the damage is in this one area that severs this connection between <laughs> sort of your emotional experiences and your face sort of recognition or your face processing. And um, so he might like see his wife and it looks like his wife and it sounds like his wife. You but know, he can't and it's in, connect but to he's her. like, where's my wife? Like, he where can't is, connect to yeah. her emotionally. So he's like, that's an imposter. It's an imposter. Yeah. So <gasps> and they're they're like, so convinced that it's it's I mean, I'm sure it's horrible, it's but it's like really weird, right? Wait, so how common is this? I mean, I don't think it's that common. It's probably like one in 100,000. or It's not 19%. It's like, is it 90%? <laughs> it's, no, I don't think it's that common. But I mean, it, well, it, like, I mean, um, people with schizophrenia might might sort of exhibit that kind of right because um, there's like paranoid sometimes they call it like a cap cross delusion yeah where you feel and i mean what's interesting about it is that it's very like it's very limited to being in person with the person because when you're with someone that you like love and care about you have like emotional familiarity with them right compared to when you're with a stranger right so like the way that some of these patients deal is, you know, if, if say the wife is like, no, it's me, I'm the mom of your children, I'm, you know, and then the husband's like, no, you're an imposter, or you're an alien or whatever, she might be able to leave the room and phone him on her phone and say, hey, it's me, your wife. And then he's like, oh, hey, because um, now it's like, they're not in, in person, right? Like now you're just talking to someone over the phone. So like, that and he's not looking at her face removed. Yeah, he's, he's not, not processing her face. Her face. Yeah. So it's a different now it's like amygdala connected to, you know, voice recognition area. Like that's a different Interesting. thing. So I mean that yeah, the brain is cool. I don't know. I just uh, find that's that, crazy. I just remember I learned about that like in undergrad. But I will I have never forgotten it because I just think it's like Can you say the name of it again? Capgrass. C A P G R A S. Capgrass fever. Brains. 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 Alicia. Yes. What's up with lobotomy? <laughs> <laughs> Do people still do that? Was there a reason why they did it that was reasonable? Probably not. Depends why were they pop- When were they popular? Because or, or is it just like a pop culture? Were they actually popular? No, or is it, it just like in all the movies? Well, no, they happened for like two decades to like a lot of people. But only I mean, two decades. I mean, well, maybe more than two decades, but they were popular kind of for two decades. No, I mean, it's a bit of a misnomer, too, I think, because lobotomy makes it sound like removal of a whole thing, which it was. it's not really like that. It was more like severing of an area. I mean, I think I'm sure there was sections removed, but it's not like it's not like a lumpectomy or something, you know, where you get they don't like a cut whole, a thing out. They don't. Yeah. Take about a whole Is thing. it true that they stick a piece of terrible metal into your ocular bone and like scramble it around a little bit I and then feel, take the metal out i mean that's that was that's not a lobotomy though that was a different thing oh, i forget what was that i don't remember what that was but yeah that was that i don't know i don't remember but that was a thing too sorry go ice on pick, and, yeah. the ice pick thing the ice pick thing yeah Ooh. yeah they would go into your brain just like next to your eyeball mix it around your ocular bone Unless and kind of is- scramble it a little bit and then take it back out maybe that is how they did lobotomies and i just don't actually know how they did it uh, I'm Google it while you're talking. I was going to say that could have been how it started. I think it got to be more of an actual surgery. I mean, basically what it was, I think it started in Europe, like in Portugal or something. Portugal, and, eh? Well, it was, I think it was a Portuguese neurologist. Maybe it wasn't in Portugal, but oh. wherever he was hanging out. And basically it was, you know, more women than men. And it was their way of dealing with like mental 
issues. When I said it kind of depends on perspective of if it was reasonable or not, it's because I guess I think what happened is you would have someone with like what they termed, you know, a mental disorder at the time. And they would do this lobotomy or this surgery and basically turn them into kind of like a child, (laughs) like a docile. Because they would take out, they would damage their brain. Yeah, and often it was in the prefrontal cortex. And so... Which we learned earlier is that's like the CEO of the brain. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think it made those people easier to deal with for the caregivers. Go on. But unfortunately, like, so would killing them. You know what I mean? Like, there's not... Right. It was basically... doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. Right. So it was just a way to make a person who had a problem... Yeah. ...docile and easy for the caregivers to look after. Yeah. Like basically made them like less aware and less responsive and like like inertia kind of. Oh jeez. There was I so found turn them into neat, zombies um, a little bit. Yeah, kind of. I t- I found this neat quote actually of so the the first guy that ever did it in the states was these two neurologists Walter Freeman and James Watts. And um they did this surgery on a 29-year-old woman and he described her after as a smiling, lazy, and satisfactory patient with the personality of an oyster. <laughs> right. So Which they I find d- kind of funny. But, you know, over time, I think they realized like, wait, we're just kind of turning them into kids. Like he called it surgically induced childhood. Oh, my God. So they're like, she's great. She's doing so awesome. She's yeah. like, just sitting there. Yeah. And we bring her her food and she's happy about it. Yeah, and so unsurprisingly, it was more common in women because they for would women take than these, men, like, but children too sometimes. <gasps> and um, would they do it? Oh my god, to like a kid who just had like a lot of energy and was like like a Riker. Oh I don't, god, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the the specifics so much, but it kind of started in like the mid 1930s. But I think by like 1950, 1960, it was getting pretty pretty frowned upon. I think in France, it continued kind of almost till like 1980 like it was no yeah it wasn't that being said there are still surgeries today that that would be similar you know what i mean not quite not not quite to that effect but like they're definitely if they're if you had someone with really severe epilepsy for example where nothing else (laughs) where nothing else was working you know, they've tried every other treatment. Um, they may they may go in and like sever, uh, you know, between the t- between the two hemispheres or 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 sever an area to stop seizures. And so you might end up with other like a different brain disease or or like basically a brain injury and have different symptoms. But if those symptoms are more manageable than having a seizure every half hour for your whole life, then you might go that route. Right, right. So. You know? Lobotomies are no longer sanctioned, but some sort of invasive brain surgery like that could be considered for very serious diseases. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if you're at your wits end and you're, you know, or if you're a parent and your kid is having a seizure, like a like a big, you know, they used to be called grand mouse, but now they're tonic clonic, um, like a big seizure all day, every day, you know, like that's pretty debilitating. I think it would be interesting to talk a little bit about why it's more women yeah. than men who are who historically got lobotomies yeah Yeah. like the estimates are like depends on what country and what stats but like 60 to 75 percent women right so it's like men trying to control women yeah and like turn them into yeah and women having the like emotional mental problems that seemed like they needed lobotomies lobotomies yeah jesus christ Mm. i know it's a little nutters but 
but yeah i just want to go do a phd on like mental health practices for uh, with women on women <laughs> pre 8 1950 yeah braids 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 have you heard of these people who make a small hole in their forehead like third eye ish like now like currently? Uh-huh. no, no uh-huh it's no. a contemporary but there, that was an ancient practice to drill holes in people's heads yeah so yeah. as like a health care issue a here people yeah. like do it at home Ugh. uh and it, they say that it like really opens their mind. It like creates more space and their, in their brain, brain chakra. <laughs> their brain I don't know. Chakra. Yeah, their brain chakra. That was a historical, like, ancient medical practice that quacks would do to people when they were like when they weren't barbering, when they weren't when they weren't cuttering people's cuttering. When they weren't styling hair. Yeah. When they weren't cutting people's hair, they would like drill. That's like the same as like using leeches. Well, like, apparently sometimes using leeches is still okay, actually. If you're trying to... Apparently you can still use leeches. To like suck out infected blood, right? Well, they use maggots to oh. clean out... Oh. I know, it's gross. gross. Eh? They use maggots to like... They still use maggots hospital, to yeah, clean totally. out um, infected wounds because they eat the dead flesh. Like sepsis, if you have sepsis, yep. you're getting maggots. <gasps> and they... But they'll use a leech... If your hand has been accidentally severed in an accident, obviously, yeah. and they reattach your hand, uh-huh. they'll put leeches on the hand to increase the blood flow to that reattached limb. Oh. So the leeches mm-hmm. help to like make that a part That's of your wild. body again. So leeches and maggots still get used. <gasps> yeah. True story. Bugs. I know. I know. Both of those things make me want to throw myself off oh, a building. So yeah. much. <laughs> I'd rather yeah. I'd rather have no hand. No, I actually would really rather have leeches than I'd no rather hand, have a hand. For but sure. I wouldn't want to look. I know yeah. I'd have. I'd be like, I'd be like listen, be you like can do I... it, but put up a curtain between me and my hand. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like I how I was when this. I had Gertie's drool on my hand. I'd be like, don't, I can't look at it. Don't talk about it. Just it was a big gummy. Oh no! If I had a nightmare a few days ago about maggots, yeah, and there oh. was just a couple of maggots on my hand, yeah, and I shook my hand <laughs> and I couldn't get them off, and I was, and that was a full fledged like woke up sweating nightmare. I can't. Oh I can't handle maggots. Hey, can we talk about Alzheimer's? No, no, just kidding. <laughs> Let's talk about Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound fun. I know. Um, <laughs> I know it's not fun. A L Z H E I M E R S. Alzheimer's. <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, thanks. Good thanks. thanks. <laughs> I've been working on it for weeks. Yeah. Alzheimer's is one of the most frightening things <laughs> oh, to me. Yeah. But okay. I know your mom had early onset. Yeah. Um, which is really scary because yeah. she was really young when she passed away. Yeah, forty-seven. Forty-seven, and yeah. so like she started showing symptoms when she was probably like, like thirty, m- like my age. So like thirty-seven. Like yeah, like now. I remember thirty-eight and thirty-nine for sure. She had symptoms, which is crazy to think about. Oh, oh my god, being that Imagine. age now. But yeah, she had the genetic kind. Yeah, where like, and yeah. so you got tested for it. I did. Yeah, I did. And, and, and I'm, you were I'm negative. Yeah, which is which like is a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, it is a big deal. Now I, I mean, at the same time, now I sometimes think, well, why am I like this then? <laughs> Turns out I'm just really scatterbrained. Uh, and I yeah, think that's it's not the ADHD. The same. Yeah. You know, but for a long time, that stuff made me fearful. Like, oh, shit, I'm getting it. Or I'm, you right. know, like I remember going to my doctor saying, you need to do the Mon- Montreal Cognitive Assessment on me, but not version one and not version two, because I know those ones really well. But version three came out when I was on mat leave and I don't know and I've never seen it. So you should do that one on me. And she's looking at me like, uh, I think you're fine. <laughs> um, 
because <laughs> she's like you're telling me what test to give you i know you're like, probably I, fine i think you're fine uh, but I, I remember driving on the wrong side of the road with Riker, my son when i was um when he was about seven months old on down queen street and thinking like why does the road seem weird like it looks different and then realizing i was driving on the wrong side and then I've said, I'm getting it. I'm totally getting it. I'm, you know, I'm You're getting my, the genetic get, test. Getting Alzheimer's. Uh, no, I mean, I think I'm getting Alzheimer's, which seemed crazy, but not really because my mom had it and my mom's mom had it and her mom had it. And oh, I was so kind of next in line, right? Yeah. And um, so I did end up, that's when I thought, okay, you know what? No, I need to know. I need to get the test. And um, Did your brother get the test? No, not yet. And it's driving me crazy. Craig, if you're listening, get the damn test. Get the test, Craig. Do it. Yeah. Because he could have it. <laughs> I know. I mean, I hope not, but no, of course, but yeah. I would, yeah, I know. I really want him to, but to get the test, not to have it to get the test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do clarified. Yeah. <laughs> no, having it would suck. I always, I constantly refer to my favorite murder on this show, which is obscene, but whatever. Your favorite murder is what you just said. My favorite murder is a pot is a really popular oh, it's podcast. A podcast. <laughs> I thought you had like a favorite murder story. No, but they do. And that's what their podcast is <laughs> right. about. I mean, I, I love true crime. That's, like it's a true so crime much. podcast. I love it so much. So yeah, I feel like I'm going to have to. You should listen to uh, it. So Karen Kilgariff's mom had early onset Alzheimer's and died of it. And she was quite young when she died, but she was young, quite young when she started showing symptoms. And I heard Karen tell this really sweet story of how her mom was like pretty deep into it, like in and out of remembering people mm-hmm. and basically not remembering people. And Karen's dad walked into the room and they'd been married for a long time. And her mom said to her sister or to karen i can't remember which one said oh who's that <laughs> and so even though she couldn't remember who her husband was she was, like, Damn. She was still like oh he's cute who's that <laughs> and i was like oh that's the sweetest story i've that's ever really heard adorable. who's that handsome man yeah. <laughs> he's that's cute really, that's really adorable yeah i mean that's a, that's a nice version because sometimes i think what happens i think they is, had a lot of hard times yeah well that and i think sometimes they're like who are you why are you in my house like a lot of fear like disorientation disorientation like paranoia confusion yeah i can't remember anything yeah 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 i mean it's funny because even my coworker that i carpool with the other day was saying her husband was stressed out because he couldn't find his keys and so and so i was saying to her okay hot tip if you know that you have lost your keys and you you are aware of that you lost your keys you're good you're fine like people with alzheimer's don't know that they lost their keys they don't know that there are keys to be lost yeah they're they're they feel fine it's right. everybody else. It's I find I Alzheimer's. I kind of joke a little bit that it's like a disease of I mean, they call it a disease of the family, but it's like everybody else. It's everybody else's disease. The person that had it has it it's is pretty often good. like blissfully unaware. <laughs> hmm. I mean, sometimes they're agitated and and in the beginning they might know and it's awful. But for the most part, they're you know, like yeah. a little bit blissfully unaware that they're kind of going downhill and it's really hard for everybody else. Right. You know, so can you talk about the difference between like genetic Alzheimer's and then just like Alzheimer's that happens when you're 80. I sure can. <laughs> After I have a sip of my beer. Cause also <laughs> when you're done taking that sip, your kind of speciality in your PhD was memory issues, memory disorders. Yes. Like Alzheimer's and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they're sort of the same disease process, but they are different. And so early onset Alzheimer's disease is sometimes called, um, dominantly inherited alzheimer's disease so it's genetic it's basically a genetic um mutation or a well there's a bunch of them a few of them that cause sort of the cascade of things to happen that cause the brain to kind of go downhill um and that that process like that pathology seems to be kind of the same in late onset alzheimer's so 
load late onset Alzheimer's disease load versus dyad dominantly inherited Alzheimer's disease. So there, yeah, there are a bunch of mutations that can kind of trigger the pathology or uh, it seems to be like just getting old. <laughs> I mean, there's things that increase your risk when you're older and, and there are sort of genetic risks uh, as well that are not dominantly inherited. And so I don't know if you remember like, biology high school mendelian genetics kind of no <laughs> but when i something... remember drawing little crisscrosses yeah exactly and filling them in with alleles alleles Al- alleles yeah. yeah so i mean basically there's dominant and recessive genes right and so if something is autosomal dominant which is what this these alzheimer's mutations are uh basically it means your offspring have a 50 percent chance of having the same mutation and it's expressed because it's dominant so it's not like you might have it, but it's a recessive thing and it doesn't show up. It's always dominant. <laughs> oh. um, so, I mean, that's the crappy thing, right? If a parent has it, your kid has a 50% chance of having it. And 50% is high. It's high. And there's you <laughs> and your coin high. That's and there's you and your brother that's too. Yeah, right? But so, how old's your brother? Um, he's five years younger than me. So, 30 something. 30. How old did I say I was? 38. You're 38. I actually only discovered that I'm. Am I 38? What I year just, were you born? Yes, 80. Yeah, 38. So you're two years older than me, so you're 39. I know, I'm turning 39 in September. Okay. I so discovered th- this recently at my brother's house, actually, because I was trying to tell someone how old my brother was, and I was like, I think he must be 32, because I'm 37. And then I asked his wife, and she said, no, he's turning 34, like, this month. And I was like, wait, what? She <laughs> said, you're turning 39. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I lost I a year in there. I so lost a year. So Alicia does not have Alzheimer's, but yeah. she's just very scatterbrained. I might get it when I'm really old, but I'm, I mean, having the family history that I have, I feel okay with that. Like I'm at I peace. remember you told me that. Yeah. You were like, oh, I don't care if I get it when I'm 80. No. And I was like, really? And you I mean, were like, I yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, but I feel right. like that's a pretty good deal given the family history yeah i mean for a long time i thought if i make it till 60 i'm gonna have a big party you know like because the the people in my family that get it get it young right Right. like they're dying in their 50s and their 40s but now you know you won't get it no unless i get the regular kind unless you get the regular kind but now you know you'll make it till 60 barring any unforeseen complications of other kinds yeah but i mean and they're very when i had genetic testing they emphasize that a lot like listen this doesn't mean you're never going to get alzheimer's this just means you're not going to get this specific mutation of alzheimer's it doesn't even necessarily mean you don't have the other mutations that would be super unlikely right that you have two mutations in a family and so so uh, any family member that I can convince to get tested, I have them get tested to show that it's the same <laughs> mutation. Right. Uh, Why won't your brother do it? I mean, it's. I don't think it's that he won't per se. It's just a very busy time in his life. He's got three little kids. That's so interesting because so, if yeah. I had it, if I thought there was a chance I had it and I was like producing progeny who would then have a chance to mm-hmm. get it, I'd be like, I'm getting this before I like throw oh, my sperm all over the place i would put it off put it off put it off put it would you really as yeah. possible oh interesting yeah. i would do yeah. the opposite it's i'm super, a real yeah it's super personal procrastinator fascinating yeah it's all i mean i related i'm me too but my wanting to know is anxiety related yeah it's a different kind it's super it's yeah it's super personal for everybody i mean with me even i thought okay i want to get testing because i want to decide whether to have a kid or adopt a kid mm. and then i accidentally got pregnant 
<laughs> before getting tested and thought, well, crap. So I thought, well, okay, it is what it is. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until I started doing crazy things like driving on the wrong side of the road that I was like, oh my God, it's I'm getting it. I have to get tested. Because right. now, I, now I need to know if I need to like plan for this, you know? Right. But I mean, for like 10 years, I waffled, should I get tested, not get tested? I I just, I didn't make a decision. I mean, I essentially made a decision by not making a decision to not get tested for that long. But it was a super hard decision until I just one day had to know. Like, it's not, it's not always as right. cut and dried, you know, and it can be complicated. Like I have a, my cousin wanted to get tested, but her mom uh, was only in her 50s. And she, and my this is my mom's sister, and she didn't know if she had it or not, or was going to get it or not. And her your so your aunt this would be your yeah. aunt, and she was fine. Well, so she didn't want to get tested or no, but her daughter did, my cousin. And so, but the problem is, if her daughter gets a positive result, that means her mom for sure has it, and her mom didn't want to know. You know what right. I mean? And she wasn't old enough to be like, oh, I'm past that age. So that was like a huge ethical what happened issue. Um, it actually worked out well where my cousin got tested and is negative also <gasps> doesn't mean her mom's negative we don't know probably she is she's she's but maybe put, put she's probably 60 or pushing no i don't know she might still be in her 50s aunt linda how old are you <laughs> um, anyway but yeah that's a huge the like drama. ethical right like i remember my cousin because the doctors can tell your cousin and then say just don't tell your mom i know but like real that's who you'd want to go to if you we're positive probably right like right and so with you being negative yeah does that mean rikers in the clear all clear that's yeah awesome. super big relief yeah so we'll see i mean it's it's hard right because it's not like it ever goes away in my family because i have a huge family so not like my immediate family but my mom's mom is of 11 kids oh, so wow. like there's a lot you there's know a, bunch a of lot people. of them have it and they're passing it on to the next generations and the next generations and so like it's just really rampant is anyone currently in your family suffering from the symptoms yeah i've got a i've got a cousin who's in her mid-40s in a nursing home uh her in brother a home is in already? his mid-40s and he's already got a diagnosis as well oh, yeah man. she's already yeah she's probably 46 maybe she's been there oh, a year or two. Oh man so it's just yeah it's i mean it's you know, and she's got two kids, so like, oh man, and they're probably really young. They're like sixteen and eighteen. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're like the age I was when my mom was like that. Did your mom go into a home? Yeah, she did. Yeah, for four years. When it, she went into a nursing home the year that I went to university, it was kind of a crazy. A lot. Just I had a lot of guilt <laughs> for a long time about leaving home. Yeah. But oh, I mean, yeah. it was fine. But but yeah, no, she was four years at home, and then four four or five years at home, and then four four years in a nursing home, and then she passed away. Yeah, yeah. Because, sorry, can we go into just a little bit, like, yep. how does it make you die? Like, how does it kill yeah, you? Yeah, I know people don't really, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of people with Alzheimer's kind of die from, like, the flu or something. Uh, because by the time they're in a nursing home, their pretty immune system is pretty weak. Um, is it just because they haven't been taking care of themselves because they're forgetting to do things like well, eat? no, because by the time they're in a nursing home, like, they can't walk anymore. They're in a wheelchair usually. They're getting bedridden. They're getting, they can't feed themselves anymore right so they're getting like purees so eventually they kind of just lose weight and sort of wither away but usually the death is something like the flu or choking or something because most of them have dnrs like which is do not resuscitate right because they don't they're like they don't want to yeah i mean you really want to prolong that for years right like right like why would they yeah which actually this happened to my one my great aunt actually she went into a nursing home one or two years ago 
uh, and then I had heard that she she died, and she'd only been in the nursing home for a few months. But anyway, she choked, uh, like the day before Christmas or something like that. And so, but had a DNR. So, I mean, in a, in a way, it's like okay, that's good. She's in a better place. She didn't have to go through years of that. Right. Awful. Isn't this supposed to be a comedy show? No, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just it is. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> laughing. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's. <laughs> so this is hilarious um i'm laughing <laughs> i know i'm laughing on i the mean inside. you have to kind of laugh about it really because otherwise it sucks a lot but but yeah so a lot of them a lot of them die from either just kind of malnourishment because they just eventually stop eating you know stop eating and they're not getting you know like the tubes and stuff they're not getting uh, yeah tube fed force fed kind of right. thing yep because of the dnrs and um or yeah they get some kind of a, a like flu or pneumonia i would say is common um, so the, so alzheimer's them the actual condition of alzheimer's doesn't kill them not yeah not really no what is what is happening like what is like alzheimer's in the actual doing brain? To your brain i mean i heard it referred to as swiss cheese <laughs> yeah kind of i guess that's funny i've never heard that <laughs> um, comedy podcast comedy. told you uh, um also karen karen Kilgariff, sorry i always yeah. i always quote them but she said that about swiss cheese her mom oh um i mean it depends who you ask there's some controversy about what what's happening in the brain but but i mean most people sort of believe the the same stuff but for comedy's sake they did sort of have two camps at one point it's called the taoists and the baptists <laughs> Uh, because Baptists were the beta amyloid protein group, and the beta is like a, the beta symbol is kind of like a B. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing it in the air. <laughs> for <laughs> we're the, all imagining for the listeners. <laughs> um, so beta amyloid protein, BAP, so those are the Baptists, and then tau is the name of the other protein is just called tau protein, the Taoists. So, <laughs> so some people are very like, you know, there's these neurofibrillary tangles, which are, the, are made up of tau. Uh, which is basically, remember earlier I was talking about how there's a cell body and then like a tube of yeah, the axon right. uh, where stuff travels down. Um, if you have a buildup of tau, basically you're gunking up the works in the tube, to put it simply. Thank you uh, for putting it simply. Train. Yeah, you're gunking up the works. Uh, and so then no signals getting through. And Liz, what happens when the brain cell can't talk to another brain cell? It dies. It dies. Um, and so then Swiss cheese. Okay, so there's holes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're not that visible. They're not, like they're on not a actual CT holes. scan or something. Yeah. But they're, they're very tiny. Um, I mean, they will, you know, if you do a scan on someone like pretty far advanced, it's their brain is definitely, it doesn't look like holes. What it looks like is a lot more liquid because it's, you get bigger, you know how like the brain is all like a bunch of folds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, they just get bigger those grooves and fill with cerebral spinal fluids whoa and the the, the ventricles where the spinal fluid is made uh get bigger and bigger too so it just it's like those poor little babies with zika virus and they don't have as many folds in their brain yeah have you seen that uh well yeah but different yeah that was really upsetting i saw a picture of like a baby's brain with zika and it was just like this is not comedy anymore no but it had like no folds yeah it was just like a little dome rat's brain Oh, like a little baby rat. Yeah. <laughs> like a little baby rat. Or Melody's a fully like, grown, baby rat. Grown, like, that's not funny. Yeah. Or, or a fully grown rat, because they don't have folds either. That's Folds are very, um like, mammalian kind of. Right. Not mammalian. Rats are like, you know. Primates. Yeah, or like elephants would have lots of, because they have big motor cortex for that, for huge legs and stuff. Bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum. In, insert. Elephant, elephant break. Stuff. 
<laughs> I love elephants so much. I oh, like to watch them eat bananas. Really when I was in bananas? Thailand, we fed them bananas. Oh, My daughter's nice. always like, do they like peanuts, mom? And I'm like, I don't know, but they love bananas. I did I not know they that. like bananas. They love them. Wow. That's so cute. They're so sweet yeah. and delicious. Do you have to peel them for them? No, they just eat the whole thing. They eat the peel and all. They take it out of your hand with their little snuffly nose Aww. tool. Like snuffle up, I guess. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. basically the brain can deteriorate and look a bit holy. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't really look like Swiss cheese. So that was the Taoist. What are the Baptists? believe is oh, happening. Oh, so the Baptists uh, think amyloid. Amyloid is gunking up the works instead. I mean, technically both are gunking up the works. Uh, it's just some will argue maybe that one leads to this cascade of awful versus the other more. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, but beta amyloid is another protein that's like ubiquitous in the whole body. So we have it anyway, everywhere. It basically like, yeah, gets makes these plaques, right? You've probably heard plaques and tangles. So tower the tangles and then the amyloid form these plaques. So just like Similar, just gunking up the works with these gluey sort of blobs of protein, extra protein. That's so blocking not the signals. There. Blocking the signals, yeah. And so, yeah, it just leads to sort of cell death and stuff. And I mean, you know, there's lots of other stuff going on with, you know, acetylcholine, which is another neurotransmitter. So some of the early medications are, instead of SSRIs, are basically acetylcholinesterase inhibitors, uh, which do the same thing. So yeah, the cholinesterase is a the enzyme that breaks down acetylcholine. And so similar to serotonin reuptake inhibitors, basically what that what that means when you have a drug like that, you know, the SSRI inhibits the enzyme that breaks down serotonin in the synapse. So serotonin stays in the synapse longer then and mm. like dances around happily a little longer doing its thing. And um, so, so it works the same way with some of these Alzheimer's treatments where you know, acetylcholine is involved in like cognition and memory, kind of like serotonin is with sort of mood. And so these drugs sort of inhibit the enzyme from breaking it down in the synapse, allowing it to be in the synapse longer. So you can take these drugs earlier to help. Yeah, prolong. I mean, they're not they don't work that well. Really, there hasn't been a new Alzheimer's drug in over 20 years. And I mean, it's part of the reason why. And this is where sort of the the genetic families kind of come into play is that they've done a lot of research now on these genetic families where they know which family members are going to get it and approximately when, um, because, you know, each mutation kind of has its own fingerprint or its own profile. So they can kind of say like, Hey, now we have this group of patients we can study that don't have Alzheimer's now, but we know they're going to get it in approximately eight to 10 years. And so they can start looking at their brains early. And so what they've noticed is (laughs) unfortunately, uh, a lot of these things that are happening pathologically are happening like 10 to 15 to 20 years prior to symptom onset. Oh, my God. So people oh. so they could catch it way before. So that's what that's, you know, presumably why the drugs suck, because like you're not taking drugs till you go to your doctor with symptoms. Right. Uh, by then you're like, you know, you're already Swiss you're cheesy. Already. So, <laughs> so can you, you microscopically told, Swiss cheesy, yeah. microscopic Swiss cheese, which is dangerous. Can yeah. you tell me, tell us about the nun study quickly yeah. that you told me about uh, a couple oh of years ago? I was going to say, this would be years ago. And, and it was uh, similar to what you're talking about, about identifying people who were probably going to get Alzheimer's when they were like 19. Yeah, really early. Okay. So, I mean, I haven't looked up the nun study in a really long time, so I'm going to go. Give us the, here. the Coles the, notes. The Coles notes is that um, it started off as a study of 678 nuns from somewhere in the States. Uh, and this guy was an epidemiologist who led this study. And I don't think it was meant to be this huge, huge study. But what he 
did was he gathered all of this information from these nuns and it turns out nuns in a, living in a convent make like a great study group because they all have very similar lifestyles and so right. it takes out all these like confounding factors like financial stress and whatever else yeah. kind of yeah because they're just your... living there they're eating the same food yeah, same they, religion same, the same thing yeah same financial situation same you know and they all basically when they come to the convent they write like an autobiography or some kind of a letter of intent that's like a page or two to mm-hmm. when they want to join to say like here's why i think i'll be a good nun or whatever um and so he did a lot of research melody wrote one of those <laughs> yeah <laughs> he did a lot of research totally. um kind of what you were talking about earlier liz with like coding uh, qualitative like, research like coding different types of responses and different types of language and different tone and words used and so on um and started to kind of look at cognition in these nuns now that they're much older but they right. have so these they, access so they wrote, to these 19 year old record you know these they wrote these essays when they were like 19, 19 and now they're 20. like older now ladies they're like 70 80 yeah and and so he would and he would do like you know brain imaging and look at their brains and stuff um but a, a lot of it was um symptom based like cognitive and then all of these nuns basically agreed to have their brains autopsied when they died which was oh. a huge deal at the time because a lot of um catholics you know, wouldn't do that a lot, yeah a lot of like um the uh, around christianity and, and catholicism is like returning to returning the same way you came kind of thing right at least that's my very limited understanding. Limited Catholics knowledge. aren't as fussy about the autopsy as uh, some other religions. Yeah, I from don't what know. I can tell. Yeah, as a very lapsed Catholic. So I guess who knows very whatever, little about autopsies. Yeah, whatever this convent was, I don't actually remember, but it was a big deal for them, I guess, at the time to to agree to donate body parts. Anyway, somehow they were all on board and donated their brains when they died. And what they started to find, uh, which was super fascinating, was that the nuns that had a lot of symptoms didn't necessarily have the worst brain pathology uh, and vice versa. Some of the nuns that had no symptoms, like healthy, you know, lively, cognitively intact nuns, uh, maybe died of a heart attack or something, brains full of plaques and tangles. And so they started to look at some of these other things like their letters from when they were 19 uh, and started to really make a lot of associations with their sort of attitude coming in and their education. So like education ended up playing a huge role. You know, nuns that were like highly educated, like had PhDs and were teachers and um, so on, basically had cognitive reserve. Like they had these brains that were full of plaques and tangles, but they had no symptoms. Huh. And then you like, like they worked to... their brain more yeah. earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. So there's more space. Like it really was a use it or lose kinda, it. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Compensate for yeah. the damage. Yeah. Well, and I think I remember you also telling me that it's when he looked at their essays, yeah. the nuns who showed symptoms of Alzheimer's later in life, their essays as young people yeah. were um, because they hadn't had all that education mm-hmm. were less, they used less flowery language. Yeah. They used more basic like language. Way less expressive. Yeah. Um, not as positive either. There was a lot of like, you know, one, one nun might say something like, I grew up on a farm. And then the other nun would say like, I grew up on a beautiful country road farm, you know, like just saying a whole bunch of different, so same, then, same thing, but really different um, outlook and, and perception of it. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, by the end of the study, it was kind of 
he wrote a book about it where he would read these letters and be able to say like, yep, that one's going to have Alzheimer's, that one's not, with like a freakish degree of accuracy, <laughs> more than huh. most studies, um, because that that correlation ended up being just so strong. So does higher education then prevent Alzheimer's? I mean... Sort of. Anyway, it's not that it prevents it. I think what it does is it allows your brain to have a lot of compensatory mechanisms. Uh, or big like, word. Big word. Good one. Yeah. A lot of compensation. Yeah. Uh, you know, like guys who drive really loud cars. That kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think what it does is people who have a lot of education, not necessarily formal education either, but like maybe like play a lot of instruments and learn a lot of languages and do a lot of crossword puzzles or whatever are creating new pathways in their brain and new synapses all the time. And so if you get damaged to area A, maybe you also use area B, C and D to do those things. And so you've mm. got a lot of this, like, they kind of called it cognitive reserve. Um, Interesting. So you're just like more able to handle some damage. Huh? Right. So when they say things like doing Sudoku and doing crossword puzzles will help you yeah. fend off things like Alzheimer's, yeah. it, there's some truth to that. True story. Yeah. I think yeah. my friend who fell from several stories yeah. and lost part of his brain and has made yeah. an almost complete recovery. Yeah. Really smart guy. Yeah. And I bet that's related. It, I mean, I imagine it helps a yeah. lot. Yeah. People yeah. who like do, who are really good at math and like yeah. music and learn languages yeah. and not even necessarily really good at it, but just learn new things. Just right? do it. Like, yeah. I mean, even, um, you know, sometimes they say like do things even just a little bit differently than you normally do, like stand on one foot when you brush your teeth or brush your teeth with your left hand. Is that tomorrow. a thing I'm supposed to be doing and while I brush my teeth? You don't have to, but like anything that kind of. <laughs> makes your brain work differently work in a different way huh. is kind of good for it right and like or learn juggling or learn another language or whatever just like it really is a use it or lose it kind of right um organ do, what do you do what do you do, do anything do? i did a phd is that no <laughs> i just keep learning um smoking pot and watching pretty little liars is maybe, that gonna uh, help exercise my brain or, you know what some of the no? most like brilliant neuroscientists i know are pretty like avid pot users really not naming any Great. names but <laughs> she's named some names to me before oh sh no <laughs> i won't say them now no i mean alcohol is definitely worse for the brain than pot Uh oh uh, as we sit here, <laughs> I win. I mean, Just you know what? Alcohol, <laughs> alcohol is kind of like a little bit like a mini concussion in a way. Like it's kind of doing the same thing. Oh she, no! She literally just like face palmed her head, but with the microphone. Like I love drinking so much. I know. I love it. I mean, you know, moderation is key. But <laughs> I love uh -oh. it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't drink moderately in my younger days either. But and so it's. But I mean, same with pot, right? Like it's. Uh, you know, moderation is, yeah. obviously you can do some damage. But, I mean, we have, like, cannabis receptors in our brain cells. It's like yeah. they're it's like they're there on purpose. Yeah. We no, do? Cannabinoid yeah. receptors. Cannabinoid is... receptors, yeah. I mean, I don't study pot, but, but yeah, no, we do. I mean, I had no idea. Like alcohol, yeah. Do we have... <laughs> <laughs> where's alcohol? Do we know, have alcohol receptors? No. Oh, interesting. No. I mean, we have, I guess we have nicotinic receptors. Do we? Yeah, That's why I, I so. love smoking. Yeah, <laughs> but alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. I mean, alcohol's tricky. Yeah, because it's you know when we were talking about sort of brain injury and lobotomies and stuff, and the frontal lobe being kind of your CEO and your. I mean, the frontal lobe is like the area that's most 
influenced by alcohol. So that's why you act kind of like a dick when you're drunk, right? Like you kind of act like you have a concussion or a brain injury because you are now you're like disinhibited. So you, you know, all of the like those things you have self control over. How come I don't act like a dick when I'm drunk? I mean, I personally think (laughs) I braids 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 what can we do as we get older to protect our brains and um age gracefully i think age you gracefully put it. yeah okay so the one thing that would be like the best which i is i feel like a hypocrite saying this i don't do it very well uh brush is, your teeth on one foot <laughs> that too no i mean now there's a lot of studies basically showing the like protective effect of exercise on the brain <laughs> i know right i went to a conference a couple of years ago like a big alzheimer's conference uh and they were talking there about um they were studying mci which is mild cognitive impairment uh which there's lots of kinds but there's an amnestic mild cognitive impairment that that basically is like the you know leading into alzheimer's so you have maybe mild memory loss but no other cognitive symptoms to get an Alzheimer's diagnosis, you have to have more than one cognitive symptom, and it has to interfere with your daily life. And so if you are just forgetful, you might get diagnosed with something like mild cognitive impairment, or your doctor might not tell you anything at all, but put you on Aricept or something, one of those one of those drugs. Anyway, they've done some studies uh, with patients with MCI where they have them do exercise programs uh, or walking or whatever. And basically, the results seem to be that exercise works better than any of the drugs on the market right now. Really? In terms of like keeping them at MCI level instead of progressing into Alzheimer's. Holy shit. Yeah, like you just don't get those kind of (laughs) results with the drugs, right? That's that's crazy. Like light exercise? Does, yeah, are we I talking mean, like hitting the gym or just like daily no, walks can make a walks. big difference? Yeah, like like aerobic. Uh, when, when I say aerobic, I just mean like blood flow, not like intense aerobics classes. <laughs> but just... Uh, you just mean like going for a walk? Going for a walk, yeah. yeah. What kind of length and multi- how many times a week? Do I, I mean, have to sweat? Do I have to sweat? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that. these were like older people just right. going for walks, I think. And... um. I don't think you need to sweat, really. I think you just need to get your heart rate up a little bit because really it's just blood flow to the brain, right? Right. I mean, really anything that increases your risk for stroke also increases your risk for Alzheimer's. Hmm. Just just because, you know, lack of nutrients and oxygen and blood going to your brain. So even if someone got like a dog and they had to walk that dog a lot. Yeah. You're good, Liz. Dogs are good (laughs) for old people, right? (laughs) No, I mean, my dog is old and or she's not old at all, but she's slow and I don't really, my heart rate doesn't go up. When no. I walk her. I mean, yeah. I this... actually have to constantly, like, get her to follow me. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No, I mean, that's, yeah, so that's, like, probably number one. And, you know, I don't do a great job at it either. Another big thing is, like, having a good sort of social network. You know, people who are older, but also with dementia and leading up to it, tend to do better if they have sort of a social circle or a support network. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, do your crossword puzzles. <laughs> Just like doing things that stimulate your brain and, yeah. and like are unusual. Yeah. Do your crossword puzzles, brush your teeth on one leg. Yeah. Use your left hand, do your less dominant hand. Yeah. Go for a run. Yeah. Change it up now and then. 
All right. Yeah, right. it seems basically to be. like use it. Would it be fair to say have hobbies in yeah. your older years? Like yeah, just have hobbies. learn a language. Yeah, puzzles yeah and-, and like hobbies that involve like handwork tend to be really effective. So like knitting and sewing and Ugh. rug hooking and all those Sorry, things. I and like, those. I know. I heard you say knitting is a scourge in society. One of your <laughs> braids, braids, braids. <laughs> Hey, what are you guys listening to? Are you listening to anything new, Alicia? I mean, I listen, I drive 40 minutes each way to work. Oh, right. Yeah. So what do you listen I to do listen to a lot of podcasts. Tell us um, one. What's your favorite? My fa- I don't have one favorite. Okay. I don't, you know, I'm a Libra, so I don't have like. I'm a Libra too. Really? Oh my God. Do you guys should like be this? best friends. I don't have, the same. I don't ever <laughs> like have a one thing. I can like justify all the things. Like I'm, yeah. you know, like pros and cons equally. I'm an Aries and I hate everything. <laughs> Um, but no, okay, but I do love the like the crime podcast. So like, yeah. s- you know, criminal, serial, uncovered. I also listen to like Radio Lab and Invisibilia. And those. Oh, kinda. those are good ones. I also love Sawbones. Yeah, which is like a medical history podcast. It's a husband and wife where they kind of play this reverse role where the wife she's the doctor and he's kind of like the guy who brings the jokes and like <laughs> he's cuckoo bananas. He's cuckoo bananas. Yeah, like. Yeah. So she's kind of like tells the, you know, educational bits. And then he kind of just says the dumb stuff. But I mean, it's funny. So I like that one, too. Cool. You guys might like um, this podcast will kill you, which is two um, epidemiologists who talk about diseases. Cool. Mm. It's pretty cool. Cool. Mel, what are you listening to? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I watched kids all day and I forgot to like do my homework and make my notes and figure out what I've been listening to. But Sarah, who used to be on the podcast, she was talking about a party last weekend and she was like, everyone was listening to Lizzo because I got everyone in Brook Valley listening to Lizzo. And I was like, who's Lizzo? And she's like, you're not listening to Lizzo. And so there's this artist called Lizzo and I played her for a minute in your kitchen before we came up here and it's really fun. I can't believe you don't know who Lizzo is. I don't know who Lizzo is either. Jesus Christ. I, I know live, I, I know mean, who she is. I live under a rock. But so. you know what? My name is Liz. And I was like, woo, we're the same. Her name's not Liz. It's what? just her stage name. <laughs> oh, her name's not Liz? No. That's but strange. she's yeah, I know. But she's great. She's amazing. What do you know about her? I just know her songs and stuff and oh, like okay. is she like on the radio and stuff? Uh I don't listen to the radio so <laughs> much, but I'm like kind of addicted to the internet. Right. And I'm also kind of in body positive fat spaces on the internet yeah yes. and so lizzo she su- occupy those spaces oh. yeah because she's she a fat lady oh, okay spaces. yeah That's a, that was a very pc way of <laughs> saying is she fat? yeah she's a fat lady so all the all the fats on the internet are like woo lizzo cool. all the people generally are like woo lizzo yeah but also all the fats is she right. like winning awards or what i don't know if she's won any awards but people are like loving her stuff loving her. and like buying yeah. tickets to her shows and she's great her songs yeah. are super fun her 2019 oh. single is called juice juice oh i'll oh, play juice. a little clip of it juice is a I great have to song. say the name of it because we're talking about oh. it now so i can play a little clip Like a 
Juice is a great song. <laughs> the also the other song that I like by hers a lot is Phone. Where the hell's my phone? Where the hell's my phone? Okay. Where the hell's my phone? How am I supposed to get home? Elizabeth Cooper. Elizabeth Jane Cooper. Well, I'm. Is your middle name Jane? Sure is. Her birthday's My middle name is Jane. Really? Aww. Cool. Yeah. Jane. Plain Jane. Um, what have I been listening to? Well, as usual, all I do is listen to podcasts. I don't listen to enough music. I should listen to more music. Same. Um, I've been listening to Lizzo. I have been. Yeah, that's true. Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my phone? How am I supposed to get home? <laughs> you um, did that well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if I said this last week, but Jared recommended that I listen to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. He did. And so I've been listening to that. Oh. And it's funny. I want to listen to that. It's just interview. He he basically is copying Mark Maron. Right. He's just doing interviews with comedians. Yeah. But his premise is that he only has friends. His only friends are people who work for him. Right. So he's talking to people he's met over his career to see if they'll be friends with him. Oh. I mean, it's a very weak premise. Do they do like a thing at the end where he's like, so will you be my friend? Like, like how Nicole like Byer does that? Yeah. No, oh. it's not quite so obvious. Uh, he did it. He's done it like one or two times, but normally they just sit and chat. I think we're good. Yeah. Should we do some plugs? Yeah, let's do some plugs. Plug it up. Plug it up. <laughs> do you-, <laughs> you can find the pod at Teach Me Tiger Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Our website is at teachmetigerpodcast.ca. We're also on Patreon, where for as little as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content from all of the episodes and really, really, really help us out so much. And there are more perks if you give us more money. You don't even know what we're we're willing to do. Sexual favors, (laughs) for sure. Alicia, uh, do you want to plug anything? (laughs) I'm not going to plug sexual favors, but... um, Social media. Social media. Yeah, I mean, I don't need to plug it, I guess, but I do have... How about where you work? Is it a cool place? You work on Tyandanaga. Yeah, I do. I work at um, First Nations Technical Institute. I can give them a plug, yeah. FNTI.net. And I'm their data girl. <laughs> You're the, my, sh- the data sh- scientist. My unofficial title. Yeah, it's it's basically an indigenous post-secondary institute that offers various diploma and degree programs taught within an indigenous framework or sort of culturally aligned and includes a lot of uh, traditional and cultural components. And yeah, I really enjoy working there. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's nice. That's it's a nice, nice place to work. And I'm learning tons. Lots nice. of stuff. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. And I sit at a computer and crunch numbers <laughs> all day. I play. I'm like, like always in a spreadsheet. You know, that's hilarious. <laughs> I know the irony. Melody, what do you have to plug? You can find me at Teach Me Tiger. Nope. You can find me at Teach Me Tiger podcast. Let's be honest. She's always there I'm at MelodyStarkweather.ca, and you can see all of her beautiful art there. Yes, Elizabeth. I am at Lizos L I Z Z O U S E on Instagram, and my website is Lizography. Dot com. I'm about to release a new website in the next few weeks. Perfect Earth. Yeah. Perfect. New new uh, URL? New not newer URL. No, just a new website. Same URL. Cool, cool. cool. Same Earl. Same, same Earl. Earl. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alicia. Thank, Thank you for, for coming. Having me, guys. This is really fun. It, it was, was really fun. great. Yeah. It was great to meet you. Thank you. You too. Thank you to our listeners. We love you. All seven of you. <laughs> Dozens. 700 whatever tens tens of listeners <laughs> tens of tens. listeners <laughs> and if you enjoy the show please subscribe rate and review the show on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends tell your friends please tell your 
Yeah, and thank friends. you. Do it. Thank you. And, and remember, remember, it's, it's a, a jungle, jungle out there. <laughs> so good. Teach me, Tiger, how to tease you. I wanted to purr. So good. (laughs) I'm a happy tiger.